everybody and welcome to Sundays with Shortland from week 10. Now this week's questions were really mainly focused on the quiz, uh, a really interesting case that someone brought to my attention and asked my opinion on, and uh, one question about kind of handling burnout and how we deal with that. So let's get into it, let's get it done, uh, and let's begin this week because I think this week's lectures are really exciting. I think given the events of the last 12 months, it might be the most relevant week we have. So I really want us to, to focus forward and think about the kind of the crowds that we're studying this week. So let's just jump straight into the quiz. So this week you have your second quiz. Now the first quiz covered all the way up to the enhanced interrogation tactics, the history of profiling, and lie detection. And it seems like a long time ago we had that first quiz. So with this quiz, I'm going to focus on three areas and three lectures in particular. Okay? So the first thing we're going to focus on is we're going to focus very heavily on the orbit model. So that will be the, so to remind you of the orbit model, that is the, that is the interrogation model that was used and developed by Lawrence Allison to be applied on terrorist offenders, which they found increased yield and decreased counter-interrogation techniques. It consists of motivational interviewing, which has five different factors, adaptation, let's see if I can get it right, adaptation, evocation, acceptance, empathy, and autonomy. And then it has the two interpersonal wheels, if you remember the good wheel and the bad wheel, which are on two axes, dominance, submission, love and hate. And within there, you know, you find pe people find themselves. So there are those different personality types. They've been called different animals before. Lion, mouse, monkey, lion, mouse, monkey and T-Rex. Um, but that, if you remember, is, a, is, is what Lawrence did, was he got those um, 2,000 hours of interrogations. Every 15 minutes, he coded MI behaviors. He coded where people were on the wheels. Then he measured how much information was given. And basically, he kind of found that as good uh, interrogation behaviors increased, as good MI behaviors increased, terrorists spoke more. They were less resistant. They were less abrasive. And so from that, he developed the interpersonal wheels and that whole CIA training, uh, the whole interrogation training model. So that will be, I would say, one third of the quiz, because that's one of the things I always want you to take away with this. And, and many of you will remember this from your, your midterm. A lot of you spoke about it in detail in your midterm. Exactly that is going to be tested in your quiz. Okay, the second thing that I'm going to ask you about in your quiz is from the lecture on the psychology of terrorism. So that was week nine. And if you remember, in week nine, I answered those six questions, or possibly five, five or six questions about terrorism. What is terrorism? Who are terrorists? Why do people become terrorists? Can they unbecome terrorists? And how do we stop them? How do we stop terrorism? Okay? So in that lecture, there are a few overarching concepts to be aware of. The first is the definition of terrorism, what it is. The second is this idea of, of, of what is radicalization and what does that mean, okay? And then the idea that there is a, what Clark McCauley called the kind of the two triangles, okay? So there's the, the cognitive triangle, people getting more extreme cognitively, and then there's the behavioral triangle, which is people getting closer and closer to being involved in terrorism, okay? And that's probably what I'm gonna ask you about in there. I may throw in a question about leaving terrorism, so that case of Sarah, disengagement, de-radicalization, kind of what, what those things are. Okay, so I won't ask you on the reading because the reading is more 
conceptual, but I will ask you some questions related to what was said in that week nine lecture, okay? Finally, I'm going to ask you about the week 10 reading. So that is the Lytton piece that looks at the four or five different strategies that are arguable if you are trying to get someone off of a, uh, or, or to use traumatic brain injury as a defense for someone and the psychological elements and aspects of that, okay? So if you were gonna study for this quiz and you were gonna ace this quiz, you would look at the week seven lecture, talk to me, that's what it was called, right? Uh, the, the orbit lecture, okay? And also our top hat lecture. Geez, feels like a long time ago we did top hat. Our top hat lecture that we had on that topic. You would then watch the week nine lecture on YouTube, okay? The terrorism lecture. And then you would watch the week 10 reading video on YouTube or listen to those if you will, right? But those three things are what's gonna come up in that quiz, okay? 15 multiple choice questions. No, you know what? You've got a busy week, it's week 10. 10 multiple, uh, 12, compromise, 12. 12 multiple choice questions. I'm gonna go and delete something like 12 multiple choice questions. They will go live on Blackboard tomorrow at 9 a.m. and you have all week to do them, okay? So 12 questions, those three, are the ones to watch, okay? Watch those three videos, you'll have everything you need, okay? Everything you need. So that is your quiz. Um, and after those quizzes are in, I'll look at everybody's grade, and I think I'll probably then announce a extra credit opportunity, uh, which I will outline next week for you. I don't wanna overload you with an extra credit opportunity and your quiz in the same week. I'll give that to you next week um, when everybody knows their first quiz, their second quiz, and their midterm score. Okay, so that's everything in terms of quizzes and content for the course coming up. Okay, right, so let's get into the second question. So the second question for this week's um, was a case that a student emailed me a little while ago and asked my opinion about, and I think because I might have forgotten to reply, they, 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 they put it again in the, in the questions for Shortland, the Sundays with Shortland, but it's this really interesting case of Kendrick Johnson. Um, and uh, many of you may know this, Kim Kardashian knows this and tweeted in, in advocacy of it, but in 2013, the body of Kendrick Johnson was found rolled up in a wrestling mat with his shoes. And uh, it was found, I think, I believe the morning after by, the, by a sports coach or by some students who saw, I think they saw some socks sticking out and went over and investigated. And it launched this investigation in Georgia in 2013. The death was ruled a accidental death, as in the, the Kendrick died by accident, while diving or, or going into this wrestling mat to collect his shoes. Um, and there was a lot of, of, of problems with that at the time. The parents very much didn't believe it. Um, I think there's some holes in the story logically. So the case has been reopened and fought over uh, several times and actually last month, so March 2021, the case was reopened because someone has actually obtained and handed in uh, what is believed to be a recording of a confession um, of the case. Um, and I mean, there's been, uh, the parents had the body exhumed three times uh, and have had three independent autopsies. All of the autopsies have said that it was blood force, tra uh, blood force trauma that killed him, not the state autopsies. And then there's a lot of conspiracies. There's some really good outlines of it. And actually one of the, a very good crime vlogger 
uh, has actually done a, a full story on it, and I'll put the link down below if you want to watch that video about this. Um, I, I guess having studied the case, my view on it would be the... I, I actually think that you don't... You, I'm not entirely sure a psychologist adds a lot to it at the moment. You... You... It, it's almost more of a... Of, of almost, I mean, when I wrote back to the student, I said, you know, almost physics and common sense would tell you what I think you need to think of, which is if you look at the, unfortunately, several of the, of the crime scene photos have been released. If you look at the crime scene photos, um, if you were reaching in to get the shoes, the shoes would be ahead of the body. And in the crime scene photos, the shoes are very much stuffed by the side of the body. So that physically doesn't make any sense. Um, Secondly, I don't know what reasonable individual dives headfirst into a wrestling mat upside down and thinks they're going to be able to get out. Again, I don't, I don't, that doesn't add up from a physical standpoint. There are, there is blood splatter, there is, uh, there is obviously the autopsies, there's, there's reports of there being blood, you know, pools of blood near the shoes. It's a very, I don't understand the thought process that goes into that being accidental death based on everything I've seen. And I haven't seen much, but everything I've seen makes it far more likely that this is a, uh, a, a firstly, a murder. Um, and then the question would be, what is the motivation? And there are two aspects of this. One is it very potentially could be a racially motivated hate crime. Kendrick Johnson is black, so it could, it could very much be a, a racially motivated hate crime. Or it could be more of an interpersonal issue. And there's some crime reporting around um, different rumours that were spreading around the school of people who may have lured him there and all this kind of stuff and, and hopefully the investigation will get into that but I encourage you to have a look at it I mean it's a very it's one of those very interesting cases where they haven't solved it yet but the the facts of the case seem to be interesting enough to keep it in the public consciousness and, and definitely very much don't align with the expressed narrative at the case closing but what's interesting is, is from a from a psychological standpoint, there's very little to say on it right now because it if it, if it was if it was argued that it was a suicide, you'd have some you'd have some interesting thoughts because you'd be talking about well what what does it what would the method of suicide tell you from a psychological standpoint? But the the idea that it's an accidental death doesn't give you much psychologically and get I guess other than thinking around well in what circumstances would an individual put themselves in that condition in which they would accidentally then die? And I mean I think just from a common sense standpoint that doesn't really um doesn't really seem like many would would have you diving headfirst into a wrestling mat alone at like 6 p.m in the evening i mean i just don't think that's particularly uh, a particularly likely scenario almost kind of not occam's razor there so as far as i'm concerned the case is not what was reported it will re it is going to be reopened or it has been reopened and hopefully the, the new information will be brought to light um, and we can we can learn more but if you're interested i'll, I'll put the link below if you want to learn more about it um, I would give you a warning, don't, the, the vlogger gives the same warning, if you Google it, there is a high probability that the scenes from the crime will show up. Um, my wife literally looked over my shoulder at the case, Googled it herself and, and immediately found them. So just a caution, if you don't want to see them, don't Google it, uh, and I'll link below to the vlogger who will give you a full outline of the case and the facts and everything that happened. And it's uh, you know one to think about, and um, and hopefully we will know what happened in the near future. But thank you for bringing it to my attention. You know there are a lot of there are a lot of these unsolved cases, and I, I always like to um, 
to think about them. And what I will do for anyone who is interested is I'll plug my my favourite podcast, uh, which is Wine and Crime. Um, and there, if you ever if you have an interest in these kind of you know these, these criminal cases, every every episode they do a different theme, and people bring the the three co-hosts all bring a different crime every week, or two of them do every week for that theme, and they talk their way through these crimes and the psychology of them and stuff. So it's it's a great podcast if you want to listen. Um, but thank you very much, I enjoyed it. Okay, and finally, finally, uh, <laughs> one of the questions was about you know week ten burnout and how we. Uh, how do we how do we um, how do we work our way through it? And the only thing I can the only advice I can give about surviving a semester, I suppose, would be what I do is I micromanage the concept of time. So this is something I learned while well, actually doing. Um, I actually I, I can't remember where I first learned it, but I use it a lot. I use it a lot when I did CrossFit, and then one time I did a. Um, it was a few years ago, I did a 30 mile um, fitness test with the Green Berets, which is where you had a, I had a pack of about 60, 70 pounds on my back. And I had to run, kind of run and hike, uh, they call it yomping, I think, uh, 30 miles through the, the English countryside with the Green Berets, and it was, uh, it was all for charity. But it's the Green Berets final fitness test. And so the charity kind of idea was, you know, can mere mortals also survive it? Spoiler alert, I, I, I somehow miraculously did survive it, but it was will go down in history as the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and I remember the, the night before, this, this idea of 30 miles, and I've never run a marathon, I don't run a lot. And I, what I did was I micromanaged it into my head. So I said, right, nobody has ever failed after 20 miles. And the guy said, said if you get 20, you'll get 30. So no one's ever failed after 20 miles. I said, okay. So actually all I have to do is do 20 miles. Because if I do 20 miles, I'm definitely going to do 30. Okay, well, half of 20 miles is basically 10. And if I can do 10, I'm going to do the next, I'm going to do the, the next 10. Okay, well, half of that is five. So basically, if I can get five, I can definitely get 10. And if I can get 10, I can definitely get 20. And once I've got 20, I'm definitely getting 30. And half of 10 is basically two and a half miles. So once I've done two and a half miles, I'm basically going to finish the whole thing. And that was the mental kind of gymnastics I did to overcome, I think, the, 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 the vacuousness of kind of this 30 miles as a concept. And so I guess applying that almost to, to surviving a semester, I would say I probably do the same thing. So I work very hard to, to micromanage the semester into small manageable chunks and knowing that by, that, that surviving a chunk gets you through to the next chunk. So, you know, with a 15 week semester for me, it's, Survive week four. Right? Well, week four, for some bizarre reason, is always a big one in my mind. If you can get through week four, you can basically survive. You're basically, half, you're basically halfway there. You're not, but, but in my mind, you are. Right? And once you got to week four, well, it's easy to get to week eight. And once you got to week eight, well, you know, it's only a few more weeks till week 10. And once you got to week 10, you're definitely going to get to week 15. So for me, it's, it's about micromanaging it. So I, I break down to survive a week, I basically think I just have to get to Wednesday. Well, to get to Wednesday, I just have to get past Tuesday. Okay. So Monday's halfway there. And so I, I, I use a lot of mental tricks like that to get myself to micromanage time so that I don't wake up on Monday and think, oh, fuck, it's five days till Friday. This is going to be a long week. It's right. If I can survive Monday, I make it to Tuesday, and Tuesday's basically Wednesday. I've done Wednesday. I'm over the hill, and I'm, almost, I'm basically at Friday. And by thinking about it that way, I find that the week is less oppressive as a concept, and I feel that it... 
it doesn't burden me so much in terms of how unbelievably busy I am. And you can take that one step further. You can micromanage your morning to get to the end of the day. I just have to make it past 11 a.m. and then basically the rest of the day is done. Not in terms of I give up, but in terms of I'm so much closer to the finish line. So look, that, that's the only tip I have. It's, it's, it's a case of, 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 of dig deep. But what I will say is, is in this semester specifically, and I hold this in all semesters, if you do have burnout, if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you have a lot of deadlines and everything is due and things are on top of you and you're worrying from a performance standpoint or from a psychological standpoint, sit at your, sit at your computer, email your professor and say, can I have an extension, please? You will be amazed how many times they say yes. And if they don't say yes, come to me and tell me who didn't say yes and I'll email them.